the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. The Great Commission evangelism isn't for experts. It's for everybody. Somebody once said that not everybody has the gift of evangelism, but we've all got the guilt of evangelism. I think that's a little irreverent, but you get the picture. Because God has allowed us to take part in his kingdom work, to build the kingdom, to build his church in his service, that he may take pleasure in what we do. I can see the promised land, though there's pain within the plan. There is victory in the end. Your love is my battle cry, the answer for all my life. Every dragon will fall, the mountains will move, every chain of the past you've broken into. All the fear of the lies, we're singing the truth that nothing is. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, we'll be hearing a message from a sermon series that Pastor Keith has entitled, Proclaim to the End of the Earth. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. And to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Boy, when you hear that in those days, that's like in the Navy saying, now hear this. And most of the time, the news wasn't great. Thus says the Lord of all there is. These people, now you know it's like your father saying to your mother, this son of yours, right, this daughter of yours, these people, not my people, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Watch this rhetorical question. It's convicting. Is it time? Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house sits in ruins? Now, a paneled house is not a lean-to. It's not a tent. It's a finished, built, tricked-out house. You know, better homes and gardens, right? And he's saying, so is, is, this, is it a time for yourselves to be dwelling like this? When my house lies in ruins, when the temple lies in ruins. Now, therefore, 
Thus says the Lord of hosts. Uh Uh-oh. Consider your ways. Or you could say reconsider your ways. And then watch this all play out. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Not a good picture. Verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Verse 8. Go, go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house. That I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified. What you have here is a picture of tough love. Because he's confronting them. He's like, man, you guys have really missed the boat here. I brought you back. I brought you here safely. I've given you this mission to reestablish the temple and this city that is to be the theological epicenter of the universe. And what have you done? You've gotten wrapped up in all this other stuff and you can't find fulfillment because you never quite have enough because something's wrong. There's a void in you and something's wrong. And then he goes on to elaborate. Why are they so unsettled? Why are things just not going right? Never enough food, never enough drink, never warm enough, never, never enough money. Verse 9. You look for much, but behold, or and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, when you did bring it home, look at this. I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts? Because, because my house, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, he's saying, open your eyes, people. Verse 10, therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called, I, the Lord of hosts, And I have called for a drought on the land and on the hills and on the grain and the new wine, the oil, and on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and all their labors. I've wrecked your economy. He's wanting to point them back to their priority, to their purpose. What he's commissioned them to do. They're off mission. And what are the results of this loving rebuke? Because this is a rebuke, but it's loving. And you'll see this play out even more now in a few moments. Verse 12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and with all the remnant of the people, everybody, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent them. And the people feared the Lord. People revered the Lord. The people respected the Lord. The people were terrified. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, watch this, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. And that message was this. I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord. It's a greater perspective here. You know, at the end of the Great Commission, he says, I'm with you even to the end of the age. He's with them. They've messed it up again. And in his mercy and grace, he's rebuked them. 
He's shook them to their senses and they've snapped out of it. Kind of like what Jesus did with with Martha. And so their perspective is regained via a loving jolt of reality. Better still is the grace to come in verse 14. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Basically, this generation has languished for 16 to 18 years, worrying about everything but God's purpose for their life. And God has confronted them, and in the space of 24 days, he's got them back on track. For this generation, there was a happy ending. Now, honestly, we should not be too hard on these folks because they're really like us, aren't they? Or we're like them right here in Silicon Valley. How so? We're trying to survive. We're trying to thrive. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Even before that, we were in the midst of a busy, busy world. Things are complex. Busy, just like they were in Jerusalem. Just like Martha was. And like them, as we fail to build on the foundation that God has established, maybe he's done stuff in our lives to regain our attention. To get us back on track whether it's in this community, whether it's in this nation. And, and, and again, not every hardship that befalls us is punishment or discipline. God disciplines those he loves as a father does his dear children. But sometimes this stuff happens to show us what truly, truly matters. And it's not your job, and it's not your investment portfolio, and it's not your career, and it's not your polo team or your soccer team. God saved you and raised you up for such a time as this to, as they say, go tell it on the mountain, to go share the good news of great joy, which is for all people, that that a Savior has come, Christ the Lord. That is individually every one of your, our responsibility. So if you've lost track, what can you do? If it's all conceivable that you're off track, what should you do? Remember this, horses were made to run, birds were made to fly, fish were made to swim, and Christians were raised up to bear witness to Christ, regardless of the season or the circumstance. So today, what I'd like to do is to give you a simple plan to get back on track if you're off track in 2021. These are essential, not optional, to finding real fulfillment and making a difference in this world through the care of the talents that God has entrusted to your care and the people that God has identified for you to try and connect with him. That he may be glorified, that he may take pleasure in your reasonable service of worship. Step one. Step one is this. Declutter. Declutter. Remove everything and anything that obscures your view of God, that encumbers you, that causes you to stumble. Remove all the trash that is hindering you in your relationship with God. Take a look at all the stuff that you've been distracted by or pulled away by. Remember Jesus's challenge to Martha and his words of caution 
in his words of love. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about so many things. We have to ask ourselves, am I more like Martha or more like Mary? Remember, we have the Great Commission, your commission. Go. That's a command, not an option, not a suggestion. Making disciples. Go. Be a real Christian. Be one. Making disciples. Bringing one to faith in Christ. Teaching them to do all I've commanded. Build one to maturity. That's what we're about as a church. Be one, bring one, build one. Be the real deal. Not a Sunday Christian. Not the stereotypical Christian hypocrite. Be a real Christian. Real Christians love their neighbor because they love their God. And so they try to bring people to Christ. And then they try to build them up to, to help them reach maturity so they can do the same thing. It's like the parable of the talents. You remember that, right? One guy, he was, these talents were distributed to these servants. And one of the servants just buried him in the ground. Too often, that's what we do. We bury our talents, our gifts, our abilities to serve God under a stack, a pile of worries. Individually, you and I, we need to be on the lookout for people to tell about Jesus. I'm not talking about you going into work tomorrow, standing on your desk, ripping off your sweater and waving it around and going, let me tell you about Jesus. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about something a little more subtle here, okay? You and I need to be on the lookout for people who are really seeking God. We don't want to cast our pearls before swine. We want to be wise as serpent, as gentle as doves, but we need to be on the lookout for truth seekers. The Great Commission, evangelism, isn't for experts. It's for everybody. Somebody once said that not everybody has the gift of evangelism, but we've all got the guilt of evangelism. I think that's a little irreverent, but you get the picture. Because God has allowed us to take part in his kingdom work, to build a kingdom, to build his church in his service, that he may take pleasure in what we do and that he may be glorified, that we may find true fulfillment that the world can't supply because we'll never have enough money. Our clothes will always wear out. Something will always go wrong. And everything that we have can be gone in an instant through a natural disaster or an economic downturn. But laying up treasure in heaven, souls can never be taken away. Which brings us back to Haggai. Because what you see here is a picture of a whole group of people, not just one or two, who have missed the boat, so to speak, have lost sight of their objective, of their commission. Look at verse 2. And watch him lay it out for them in, in graphic terms, but I would suggest to you loving terms, because he cares about them better than any parent can. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say... The time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. In verse 4, is it time for you to dwell in your panel houses while this house lies in ruins? Huge rhetorical question. Only answer there is no. Verse 6, you have sown much and harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. Verse 9, you look for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, this is the biggie here, I blew it 
away. Why? Because of my house that lies in ruins while each one of you busies himself with his own house. Because you substituted the temporal for the eternal. We are most satisfied when God is most glorified. We're at peace when we are living in harmony with God. Happiness is harmony with God's will. And in our case, one of the callings that we have upon our lives is to evangelize. It is the first part of the Great Commission. Go make disciples. That's part of being a real deal Christian. It's living a life that brings glory to God and it's sharing that life with other people that they may find wholeness, healing, and eternity through salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. These people in Haggai lost track, much like the church has today. Sometimes we're more worried about projects, sports, travel, you name it, and it all stacks up, and we can't see God, and we can't see the future, and we become distracted because we cannot see the forest for the trees. And so God called out the Jewish people after 16 years of procrastination and spiritual neglect. Could he be calling you and me, us, out as well? And that's what Jesus did to Martha, right? Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about so many things. We have to be careful because we can become concerned and distracted by everyone and everything but God and fall into a trap of busyness and never get around to it, right? Someday I'll evangelize. Someday I'll recommit myself to God's glory. But when you look at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there is no someday in the calendar. So what do you do? Get rid of the junk in your life. Declutter. Remember why you're here. God has raised you up for such a time as this. You were saved to serve. Declutter. How? Well, for starters, step two. You declutter and then what? Refocus. Choose to refocus. Decide to refocus, to recalibrate, to reevaluate. Jesus and Martha, you know. Martha, you're worried about so much stuff. You're distracted and anxious about so many things. But in verse 42, he says, but one thing is necessary. Again, notice, he says to Martha, refocus. You're distracted by so many things. Declutter. There's only one thing you need to be concerned with. And the same applies to us today. It doesn't mean that we don't do stuff, that we don't go to work, that we don't whatever. But here's the thing. Those are all window dressing. We don't live to work. We work so that we can live for God. And that's what God is saying to the people here in Haggai. And you watch all this play out. With a ser- he has a series of questions and he, he explains why stuff is going wrong. Look at it again. Verse 4, Haggai 1.4. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in panel houses while this house lies in ruins. Why do you think things are messed up? Now, therefore, says the Lord, consider your ways. Focus, refocus. Look at your own life. Verse 6. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you cannot get your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put it into a bag with holes. No contentment, no peace. 
because you've lost your way, you've lost your purpose. Thus says the Lord of hosts, verse 7, consider your ways, refocus. Verse 8, go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Get back to your father's business. Don't miss what's going on here. They, they were focused on everything and everyone and everything else but God and his call upon, them, upon their lives. And like us today, he'd given them a mission, a task, a commission, and they simply ignored it, forgot it. Life got to them, and they forgot God and their mission and their purpose. Now, I'm sure they still did religious things. They, they went through the motions of religion, the way many people in many houses of worship and many Christian churches do today. But their purpose was to genuinely follow him and rebuild that temple and rebuild that city. And so he had to get their attention and he got it the hard way because only one thing was necessary to worship God with their lips and lives. And they had missed the one needful thing. Now we have our own mission and that is the Great Commission. Go, make disciples when they're saved, baptize them and teach them. Be one, one, build one. You can't build one if you don't bring one. We are to tell the good news to everyone who's willing to listen. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, well, how's it going? Have I lost focus? How could I tell? Well, number one, look around you. Where are you devoting your time and energy? What are you pouring your talents and your treasure into? And if you don't know if you've lost focus, ask your spouse. Ask somebody. Ask your calendar. Look at your calendar. Where's all your time going? Look at your church attendance. You know, we're in a weird age right now where some people are online, some people are here. I remember a tale of two Christians. One of them said, yeah, I really don't watch the service on Sunday anymore. I just download it when I get the chance. Well, that's not really worship, right? Sitting in your pajamas on a Friday night, whatever, on a Sunday morning. I talked to this other lady, and it really astounded me. She says, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable coming to church right now because I have some comorbidities. So me and my husband get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We shower. He shaves. We get dressed for church like we always would. And we sit down and we watch it together. You tell me who lost focus. Finally, ask God to stir up your heart like he did to... He did for the people in Haggai. He stirred up their hearts so that they could obey him. I don't mean the zap me prayers, Lord, get me out of this jam. I mean a prayer of devotion to a God to whom you are devoted. You know what? We're going to stop here and you'll have to come back next week for steps three and four. But essentially, I just want to encourage you to step back, take a look at this last year, Take a look at the year before you. Declutter and refocus because we have work to do. This pandemic will not last forever. You're in contact with people anyway by email, by phone, and other means. And I want you to be ready, willing, and able to serve God to consider your ways or reconsider them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you
for the opportunity that lies before us. Lord, you have privileged us with being part of your kingdom. You have saved us and raised us up and put us in just the right place at just the right time with just the right skill set and given us our commission. And as you say in your word that we should share in the sufferings of Christ, that no good soldier entangles himself in civilian pursuits so that he may please the one who enlisted him. Father, you have enlisted us. You have commissioned us, Father. Command us to do what you will and cause us to do as you've commanded. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening. Amen.